Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The truth is the most convincing story that maps onto reality, and that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You must see the central narrative for the fiction that it is. We are Americans. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Wednesday, November 16th, 2022, the 665th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at I'm your moderator.substack.com. You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month. And in doing so, you will be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as it expands. And if you can't or you simply don't want to, continue listening to the podcast on a wide range of podcast platforms and, of course, Rumble. All I ask is that you share it with your friends. You can find those links as well as the merch store and other stuff by going to linktree.com. Slash I'm your moderator. So before we get into the speech last night and the reaction to it, how about a little palate cleanse, a little tone setter before we move forward? This is the militant communist and documentary filmmaker Michael Moore from a speech before the 2016 election, and it was co-opted and turned into an ad for Donald Trump. A lot of people in Michigan that are planning to vote for Trump, and um, they're not—they don't necessarily like him that much. 
and they don't necessarily agree with him, they're not racist and rednecks, or they're actually pretty decent people. And so I wanted to sort of, after talking to a number of them, I wanted to sort of, I wanted to write this and Donald Trump came to the Detroit Economic Club and stood there in front of the Ford Motor executives and said, if you close these factories as you're planning to do in Detroit and build them in Mexico, I'm going to put a 35% tariff on those cars when you send them back and nobody's going to buy them. It was an amazing thing to see. No politician, Republican or Democrat, had ever said anything like that to these executives. And it was music to the ears of people in Michigan and Ohio and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, the Brexit states. You live here in Ohio, you know what I'm talking about. Whether Trump means it or not, is kind of irrelevant because he's saying the things to people who are hurting. And it's why every beaten down, nameless, forgotten, working stiff who used to be part of what was called the middle class loves Trump. He is the human Molotov cocktail that they've been waiting for. The human hand grenade that they can legally throw into the system that stole their lives from them. And on November 8th, election day, although they lost their jobs, although they've been foreclosed on by the bank, next came the divorce and now the wife and kids are gone, the car's been repoed, they haven't had a real vacation in years, they're stuck with the shitty Obamacare bronze plan where you can't even get a fucking percent. They've essentially lost everything they had, except one thing. The one thing that doesn't cost them a cent and is guaranteed to them by the American Constitution, the right to vote. They might be penniless, they might be homeless, they might be fucked over and fucked up, it doesn't matter because it's equalized on that day. A millionaire has the same number of votes as the person without a job, one. And there's more of the former middle class than there are in the millionaire class. So on November 8th, the dispossessed will walk into the voting booth, be handed a ballot, close the curtain, and take that lever, or felt pen or touchscreen, and put a big fucking X in the box by the name of the man who has threatened to upend and overturn the very system that has ruined their lives. Donald J. Trump. They see that the elites who ruined their lives hate Trump. Corporate America hates Trump. Wall Street hates Trump. The career politicians hate Trump. The media hates Trump. After they loved him and created him and now hate him. Thank you, media. The enemy of my enemy is who I'm voting for on November 8th. Yes, on November 8th, you, Joe Blow, Steve Blow, Bob Blow, Billy Blow, Billy Bob Blow, all the blows get to go and blow up the whole goddamn system because it's your right. Trump's election is going to be the biggest fuck you ever recorded in human history. And it will feel good. He's right. That's what it's about. And it does feel good. 
But we actually do need to remember that that's what it's about. And the truth is, Michael Moore could have focused that speech on a whole range of Americans, particularly if he was giving that speech in 2022. It's not just white Americans in the middle of the country who are upset about having their jobs sent overseas, though Donald Trump did work hard to keep those jobs in America and bring manufacturing jobs back to America, bring manufacturing itself back to America. But he could have repeated that story for a number of different people, Hispanic Americans, particularly ones whose families might be immigrants or whose communities might be along the border and are the most impacted by illegal immigration. Hispanic Americans around the country who see their wages diminished and their jobs taken by illegal aliens, or even just Hispanic Americans that know what's happening at the border. They know about the human trafficking and the drug trafficking. They understand that what we have there is essentially a slave trade where people are collected from around the world and then brought to the country so that their labor and their political power can be exploited in direct opposition to what the actual citizens of America want and what they stand for. Those Hispanic Americans around the country are having all of that done in their name as the people doing it say they must be allowed to continue doing it or else it's racist against Hispanic Americans. Those people understand that Donald Trump is speaking up for them. The Democrats pretend to base their entire agenda around saving poor minorities, particularly black Americans in urban environments. You know, the people whose votes they constantly steal, the people whose votes are constantly cast for Democrats without their approval, the people whose mere existence justifies Democrats printing out hundreds of thousands of extra ballots and casting it in the name of black Americans. Those people aren't being helped by Democratic policies that destroy urban communities, that destroy the schools in urban communities, especially as they're flooded with the children of illegal aliens and the classes are overcrowded, the resources are spread too thin, and then no one can get an education. But the teachers union continues profiting. Do black Americans not know that? Of course they know it. Black Americans understand where the drugs in those communities come from. They understand gang violence. They understand crime in urban environments and how devastating that can be to their communities. And what do the Democrats tell them? What do the elites tell them? They tell them they need to defund the police in order to save them from the policies that are destroying them put in place by the same people. We were told that Donald Trump hates women and that the Democrat Party is all about empowering women. Well, which women does the Democrat Party empower? It empowers women who are happy to preach feminism, which is a form of Marxism, a justification for communism as applied across society. The women they target are often college educated, often childless and likely to remain so, often working in jobs that aren't particularly difficult and do serve the needs of the regime. But they're not doing much for moms who are trying to raise good kids while they have to send them to schools 
where they are taught all manner of perversion and race hate. That's not helping moms around the country. You think moms don't wake up to that and understand what that is and what's going on? None of these people have to like Donald Trump. That's not the point. The point is taking responsibility for the decisions that you make and doing what is best for you, for your community, for your society. And Donald Trump put all of that on display last night. Now, I know it wasn't a rip roaring speech, and I know that he didn't drop any huge bombs on the enemy, but the thing in itself is a bomb. You have to remember that we are much farther forward along an informational timeline than the people who were the key audience for that speech. And those people, as I mentioned yesterday, are the people that really haven't paid any attention to Donald Trump at all in the last two years. They're told that he's spreading the big lie about election fraud. He's saying that he won, even though everybody knows that Joe Biden won without any doubt at all, even though none of them have checked. And now they're seeing election fraud out in public. They're told that Donald Trump coordinated and staged a violent insurrection to stop the certification of electors on January 6th. The electors who were all there representing the fraudulent outcomes of stolen elections. But he didn't do that. And even the New York Times has had to admit that the FBI had informants in all of the groups. Well, how was the FBI not able to stop them? And why have we spent the last, what, 20 months at this point blaming it all on Donald Trump? People aren't believing that so much anymore, are they? Biden voters were told for five and a half years from the time Donald Trump went down the escalator to the time they cast their vote for Joe Biden, that Donald Trump is a threat to everything good in the world. He was racist. He was sexist. He was homophobic. He would immediately get us into a war. He wouldn't be taken seriously on the world stage. The economy would crash. All of American society would crumble if Donald Trump was elected. And it turned out that Donald Trump had a great presidency. And at the moment, the illegitimate Biden took over everything since then in this country has gotten considerably worse on every level, except to a certain group of people. And they're not just the rich people that Michael Moore described in that speech. It's not just the millionaires and the billionaires. It's the people who have benefited or at least not been harmed by now over two and a half years of multiple concurrent crises in this country. The two most important are the pandemic and the narrative hoax surrounding it and the stolen election of 2020. Both of those are among the biggest challenges this country has ever faced. They're happening at the same time with many more challenges layered on top of that. And these people still have not become uncomfortable enough to think that maybe, just maybe, it's them who were wrong. Now, I know that we all want all of these speeches to be for us, but that's not what the speech was for. The speech was for a national audience. 
And the target audience for that speech was all of those disillusioned Biden voters who thought that they would be getting a return to normalcy. They thought they were getting a return to decency. They thought the adults were being put back in the room by Joe Biden. And they have found out that that ain't true. Joe Biden was not the unifier. Joe Biden is not a decent man. People are learning about the Biden laptop. No, not fast enough, right? Not as fast as we all would like. But they understand there's a real problem there. And it's not just Hunter's perversions and Hunter's degeneracy. It's Joe Biden. And the fact that Joe Biden was selling out his political office around the world to our adversaries and is intimately involved in the creation of all the problems that are really affecting this country. And Donald Trump went systematically through those problems and talked about how it was when he was president. No, it wasn't fire and brimstone. No, it wasn't all jokes in service of collecting buckets of liberal tears. It was a workmanlike laying out of the facts of the situation. Here is reality. Look at what you thought you wanted. Look at what it's done. I am presenting you with the best possible opportunity to reverse all of that as quickly as possible. All you have to do is get aboard. Everyone, sooner or later, is going to have to take the Trump pill. People can refuse it for as long as they like, but the difference is that Donald Trump right now is not president. You can see what's going on. You can see that it's not just Joe Biden and it's not just the Democrat Party. It is the Republican establishment as well. They are complicit in the election fraud. They are complicit in the wag the dog efforts to create foreign wars, to cover up their own corruption and to enhance their agenda. They are complicit in the allowing of the illegal immigration. They're complicit in the government overspending and the money laundering that we see right now, that the nation sees right now with this FTX scandal. They're complicit in all of it. Because they're on the same side. They're on the side that is pushing the managed decline of America so that America can be subsumed by a one world global order. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's a system. They write it all down. They write books about it. Klaus Schwab wrote the book, The Great Reset. And then he wrote the book, The Great Narrative. You can read it for yourself. You can look at the UN's. 2030 agenda and see all of their partners. You can look at the World Economic Forum's agenda and see all of their partners, their corporate partners, their political partners. You can see it in operation around the world. The establishment of the Democrat Party and the establishment of the Republican Party are working together to push that mission, not the mission of American greatness, not the mission of American sovereignty. And without American sovereignty, you can't have sovereign American citizens. It's not possible. The individual will be subsumed by the state and the state will be subsumed by the global order. That is the intent. That is the agenda. 
The New York Fed is talking about instituting a digital dollar. They're doing a 12-week trial run. We have globalists at conferences right now talking about digital identification and vaccine passports and the like. We know not only that a social credit score exists for corporations, including in this country, the ESG scores, through which they're able to gain investment in their companies, but they also have it for individuals in China. And with the conic revelations, we find out that they are tracking us from China so that they can implement those scores here. And that's going to cover everything we do. What do you buy at the grocery store? Well, that's part of your score. How much gas are you using? That's part of your score. How much electricity are you using? That's part of your score. What movies are you watching? Who are you talking to? Who are you visiting? What is it saying in your messages? Are you promoting the interests of the regime? Or are you hindering the interests of the regime? That is what's coming. And the establishment of both parties is walking you directly into that. What stands in the way is not Ron DeSantis, and it's certainly not the GOP establishment. They've spent the last week saying that the only way to beat Democrat cheating in elections is to somehow cheat more than the Democrats do, even though the Democrats are not the whole problem. It is a problem of the establishment in the Democrat Party and the Republican Party. They both operate the apparatus together and they control the entire apparatus. You cannot forget this. They control the voter registries, the ballot distribution, the harvesting and collecting of those ballots, the casting of those ballots, and the counting of those ballots. And then they get to certify their own races. Even if cheating was moral, which it isn't, it still wouldn't work. But that's their solution. And they're saying that's the only smart solution. We need to go away from Trump. We need to go away from MAGA, even though this is the most significant political movement maybe in American history. Sure, let's just leave that aside and go back to what those guys were doing. If we're nice enough to them, if we serve them enough, maybe they'll allow us to have more public officials with little R's next to their name push us into the same agenda because that feels so much better going down, doesn't it? Donald Trump talked last night about the problems with our elections. He didn't go into deep evidence of election fraud, but he talked about how the election apparatus in our country is a problem. It's untenable. The people cannot elect their leaders in this system, and he knows it. He talked about having election day, not election season. He talked about paper ballots, hand counted with voter ID. That's not some impossible pipe dream. The machines have no business in our elections, and he made that clear as well. That's what it means to push for hand marked paper ballots on election day. That means no machines. And we're getting to the point where every voter in the country knows there's something wrong. Now, there are certainly people who are happy with the current system because it continues delivering them the results that make them feel good. They're about to declare Karen Bass the winner in the Los Angeles mayoral race over Rick Caruso. 
You think all the people in Los Angeles, many of whom are wealthy normies who want nothing to do with the election fraud conversation, but do you think they're happy that they've been told they just voted for more of the same, more of the crime, more of the homelessness, more of the gender politics, more of their once great city being run by these incompetent communists? A whole lot of them are probably wrestling with the fact right now that they don't have control over their elections. If Donald Trump had gone deep on election fraud last night, it would have been great for the nation to hear it. The nation needs to hear it. But he did something subtler, and I'm willing to see if maybe it was more effective. Donald Trump doesn't need to be the person out front talking about election fraud, at least not right now. People are waking up to this. And when they hear Donald Trump calmly and methodically going through the problems in our elections, there are going to be people out there who think, oh yeah, maybe he was actually right about these things. Why are our elections so ridiculous? We've been told for the last two years how we need to save our democracy and our elections are the laughingstock of the world. This is a public embarrassment for the United States of America and everyone defending that system, including the GOP and conservative incorporated media people trying to convince everyone that the solution is to steal better than the Democrats. Donald Trump is presenting a contrast between what works and what doesn't work. And everyone has been served a healthy portion of what doesn't work these last two years. And they see it and they feel it. Now, once again, there are plenty of people who aren't seeing it and aren't feeling it because their lifestyles are that comfortable and they are benefiting from the system as it exists, and they don't have to be rich to be benefiting. There are people out there who like working from home and not having any accountability to their jobs and getting the benefits and eating Uber Eats while watching Netflix every night. There are people who love that. And COVID made that possible for them. And COVID unemployment money made that possible for them. They don't want to have to go back and compete in the real world. Their continued support is being purchased by the state and they are happy to sell their continued support because it doesn't mean anything to them. They get to simply repeat the slogans and gain social credit for it. And then they get to keep taking the goodies without having to compete. They feel good. They feel successful without having to do very much. All they have to do is support the state. The state doesn't even need their votes anymore, though these people are happy to go out and give their votes. But the point is, they like the new normal. Those people have not been affected in any significant way, not any way significant enough to make them reflect on whether or not they're the ones who are wrong about everything. But the number of people who fit that description is shrinking by the day. Conservative Incorporated Media, the very astute people on Twitter, tried to criticize the election portion of Donald Trump's speech. He said he would push for 
all of those things, a return to normal election processes. And the response was, oh, Donald Trump is suggesting we federalize our elections. And then they're trying to take the, oh, I'm more conservative than Trump view once again. But of course, that's nonsense. The Democrats came in and explicitly attempted to federalize the elections with H.R. 1 so that they could put all of their illegal practices into law and apply it at a federal level. Donald Trump knows that federalizing elections is not a requirement for fixing elections. Elections do not have to be federalized. They only need to be brought back to a place where they actually comport with the U.S. Constitution that declares, for instance, an election day, not an election season. And Donald Trump also knows that Moore versus Harper is before the Supreme Court right now. Donald Trump probably has a pretty good idea about how that case is going to go. And the Democrats have a pretty good idea about it, too, which is why they're constantly freaking out. Trump spent a good long time talking about human trafficking as a real problem, not an ancient problem, a problem that exists right now in the real world and is being facilitated by the same people who are stealing elections and imposing covid policies and running the international money laundering and continuing to profit off their positions of public trust as they sell their constituents and this country out to global governing bodies, the global agenda, and the corporations that partner with them. Trump talked at length about how he had not gotten America into any foreign wars. He talked about how he had good relationships with people like Kim Jong-un. And for whatever you think of Kim Jong-un or Vladimir Putin or Xi Jinping, or any number of other leaders, there is no argument to be made that Donald Trump's relationships with these people worked to America's benefit. You can see the reverse in real time, right before your eyes. Joe Biden just went and kissed the ring of Xi Jinping the other day, congratulated him on becoming president for life. While Joe Biden and his Allies like Justin Trudeau are being thoroughly embarrassed and shown up on the international stage by more powerful leaders. Joe Biden, the so-called president of the United States of America, has absolutely no power whatsoever when it comes to influencing geopolitical events. He is always reacting. He is not respected. One of the reasons he's not respected is because all of those world leaders have no doubt that Joe Biden did not win his election. They're not as dumb as the anchors at CNN. They're not sucked in by the cultural message that Joe Biden got 81 million votes. They probably heard that and laughed. Joe Biden being called president is like a gift to foreign leaders. Donald Trump talked about how all of a sudden we hear the word nuclear all the time. The Washington Post tried to say that Trump had nuclear documents in his classified files from Mar-a-Lago. What happened to that? Oh, just forgot about it. Vladimir Putin is going to launch a nuclear strike in Ukraine, except he hasn't. 
Yesterday, Ukraine and their Western allies attempted a false flag missile attack in Poland in order to draw NATO into World War Three. They actually tried that. People in America, people with influential political voices, immediately went public and said, Russia has now struck Poland. There must be a response. Tweedledum Alexander Vindman came out saying that. What happened to him? I thought he was the savior of everything. Well, he was totally wrong. It wasn't a Russian missile attack at all. This is Reuters late last night. Biden said Ukraine air defense missile responsible for Poland blast NATO source. U.S. President Joe Biden told G7 and NATO partners that a missile blast in eastern Poland was caused by a Ukrainian air defense missile. A NATO source told Reuters on Wednesday, the blast which killed two people raised global alarm that the Ukraine conflict could spill into neighboring countries. Ukraine blamed Russia. Russia denied its missiles struck Poland. Biden told reporters in Indonesia on Wednesday that the missile was unlikely to have been fired from Russia. NATO ambassadors were scheduled to hold an emergency meeting to respond to the explosion at a grain dryer near the Ukrainian border, which occurred while Russia was firing scores of missiles at cities across Ukraine. They went all into this narrative yesterday. This was a Russian missile. We need a response. Volodymyr Zelensky, the comedic actor in Ukraine, put out a video talking about how Russia had now attacked Poland. Everybody needed to get involved and strike back at Russia. But the story was alive from the beginning. Now, the backup story, the backup position is that it's still Russia's fault because the missile that went astray was a Ukrainian air defense missile that they would have never fired if Russia hadn't been attacking. So you see, it's still Russia's fault. And now this thing has affected Poland. So NATO needs to come in and attack somebody. And of course, they need to attack Russia. But wait a second. If Ukraine fired the missile into a NATO country and then lied about it on the world stage, maybe NATO should go in and attack Ukraine. Is that where we are? Why did the fake administration go along with the Russia story at all? Did they have any information? Nope. They spent the afternoon yesterday unable to confirm that it was from Russia. And of course, smart people and Anons on the Internet blew the story apart within an hour or two hours. I talked about it on the podcast yesterday, right after it first started being reported. And I was exactly right. It was a Ukrainian false flag in order to involve NATO in the conflict. How did I know that? Am I magical? No, it's because this is the narrative they've been drumming up the entire time. Everything is Russia's fault. Russia is losing. Russia would lose if Ukraine just had more help. So we're going to continue helping Ukraine more and more and more. We're going to send money and weapons to Ukraine, even though the money and weapons never make it there. And Ukraine actually has no chance at winning. That entire narrative has been false. We've been told that Russia wants to expand the conflict. They want to take over more of Europe. Some people use this as proof of that. But once again, it's not true because the underlying narrative was never true. It's always been a lie. So when they try to reinforce false narratives, 
it is almost surely the case that what they're using to reinforce the false narrative is itself false. When you know someone lies all the time for a reason and they are so deep into their web of lies that they cannot get out, the smartest move is to immediately interpret that whatever they're trying to convince you of is not true and is probably only useful in perpetuating and or covering up other lies. They have tried to censor us and silence us for nine straight months now, truthfully longer, but consistently and more intensely for the past nine months about everything that has to do with Ukraine. All dissent from the central narrative about Ukraine gets censored and derided and mocked. And the people who are doing the dissenting are called anti-American traitors by people who just tried to start World War Three on a false flag yesterday. That's not a Donald Trump problem. Donald Trump didn't bring that problem to the world. None of this, as far as Ukraine and Russia goes, would even be happening if Donald Trump was president. Donald Trump is, in fact, the solution to that problem, just like he's the solution to pretty much all the other problems. The problems are being caused by the corrupt establishment of both parties working for the benefit of the global agenda and the global order and all of their partners. Donald Trump is the solution of that. America first and MAGA is the solution to that. This whole story is preposterous, especially because it's not true, but also in how brazen the attempt was to convince people that it was true. This is from a news article yesterday. But Ukraine's president said Moscow was to blame. Russian missiles hit Poland, he said. The longer Russia feels impunity, the more threats there will be to anyone within reach of Russian missiles. To fire missiles at NATO territory? This is a Russian missile attack on collective security. This is a very significant escalation. We must act. At what point do people finally see all of this for what it is? I hope that we're reaching that point. The FTX story made substantial headway in proving to people that this whole Ukraine thing is just a large, elaborate money laundering operation so that the globalists can protect their assets worldwide, but most particularly in Ukraine. The proof is now irrefutable from Judicial Watch FOIA requests and the documents they received that there are U.S. Department of Defense funded biolabs in Ukraine studying deadly pathogens funded by organizations and funding connected directly to Joe and Hunter Biden. And now the same liars are trying to get everyone involved in a kinetic World War Three. How much longer can they keep going before absolutely no one believes them? And everyone is sick of this. Everyone is just astounded that these public officials, these public servants would lie to them so brazenly. Joe Biden and the Democrat establishment and the Republican establishment are tied to Volodymyr Zelensky. They can't get out of that. They can't get out of what they've said and done and tried to enact when it comes to Ukraine as they send billions and billions of dollars over there. They keep the war going. 
they propagandize the American public with bot armies so they can continue on with the money laundering operation with the expressed consent of at least enough Americans to dominate the narrative and convince other Americans that it must be sort of okay what's happening over there. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you remember that a couple of months ago, I spent a substantial amount of time talking about the FBI shooter a couple of days after the Mar-a-Lago raid. The television told us that we should be on the lookout for MAGA extremism across the country against law enforcement. There was no hint anywhere on our side that anyone was even considering anything like that. We all mostly laughed at the Mar-a-Lago raid story. But sure enough, two days later, someone was attacking the FBI field office with a nail gun. That's what we were told. And then there was a high-speed chase, and then eventually the FBI gunned the man down, and we never heard from this MAGA extremist ever again. Where is the update on that story? We destroyed that narrative in a couple hours, and now it's gone. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, talking about the Paul Pelosi hammer time story. What happened to all of that? Well, it's just not true. And now it's gone. NBC News, after their reporter revealed too much on air, simply said that the story had expired. That doesn't mean anything. The reporter was put on suspension for telling the truth. And now yesterday we have a wag the dog attempt to escalate this Ukraine-Russia conflict into a World War III by the people who have been lying the entire time, and that narrative was shredded immediately. What would that have looked like in 1995, or even 2005, or even 2015? They would have reported everything but the truth about that Poland incident for the next week or so. And they would have tried to drum up all this sentiment among the American populace that says, President Joe Biden, please go save us from the Russian nuclear threat by escalating this war in Ukraine because Russia having a stray missile go into Poland triggers Article 5 of NATO and now everyone has to go to war and It makes sense because Russia has nuclear weapons. And if we don't use them first, if we don't destroy Russia first, then they're going to nuke us. Except Russia's not going to do that. And Russia's not wagging the dog. Russia is executing a special military operation and the globalists are trying to destroy them and protect themselves. That's what's happening. That's what's always been happening. And yet we are being told that Joe Biden is the president that can keep America safe, keep the world safe. So what you need to focus on is not how the speech sounded to your ears and the fact that it didn't excite you in the way you wanted to be excited. I would have loved for it to be more exciting, too. But the speech wasn't for us. It was Donald Trump's first opportunity in about two years to be on the world stage and have the attention 
of the nation focused on him. And I know not everyone watched it. And some people are just going to read the news today and believe what they already believed. I understand how it works. I understand that that's frustrating for you. I understand that the people who always criticize and mock Trump are criticizing and mocking Trump. I understand that those very same people are criticizing and mocking you. And some of them are probably people who are still in your social circles, friends, family members, co-workers. I get it. You wanted to have something that you could throw back in their faces and finally say, see that I was right the whole time. But you didn't get it. And I'm sorry about that. But maybe you have to begin thinking about what it is these people are trying to do. You don't actually have to listen to them. They're not more correct or more important or acting in more good faith because they are on a popular platform. They're a figure on the news. They are a political consultant. They're a former member of the intelligence community, or they just have a really nice job and a nice car, and they make you feel less important than they are. The people who are putting those arguments out on social media, Jeb Bush went out and called Donald Trump low energy. Oh, he thought he had such a slam. If Donald Trump was ripping and roaring last night, they would have called him unhinged and crazy and stirring up another insurrection. They will always interpret reality to fit the narrative they already intended to push. And they're always happy to choose any of those options because they're always ending up in the same place. Donald Trump is low energy. He just doesn't have it anymore. He's too weak. He's not up to the task of even running for president, much less being president. Well, Donald Trump didn't look like that last Sunday evening when he was giving a speech in the rain in Miami in an environment that looked absolutely electric. He wasn't low energy then. So do you need to accept the media interpretation? Do you need to accept the interpretation of conservative incorporated? Of course you don't. Just like you don't need to accept the idea from those same people that every time the crowd chants lock her up about Hillary Clinton, there's some violent mob who has been set into a state of frenzy by Donald Trump and now they're out for blood. Hillary Clinton should be locked up because Hillary Clinton is a criminal. That's not a call for blood. It's a call for justice. Whatever Donald Trump does, they'll say he should have done the opposite. You don't need to incorporate these people's narrative into what you believe and how you perceive the world. I went through probably eight, nine, ten different options on what Trump might talk about yesterday. And I said pretty explicitly, I don't think it's going to be these ones. You can't expect that. Sure enough. It wasn't any of those ones. If you wanted Donald Trump to prove that Q is all true and real or that devolution is fully in motion and the military was about to step in, well, then you need to re-examine your expectations. And you might also spend some more time figuring out what Q is and what devolution says. Because as usual, the people who think that 
Something about last night's speech just disproved either of those things in any way are clueless as to the content of either of those sets of information. Devolution wasn't proven false last night. Whether or not devolution is true, it certainly wasn't dependent on what Donald Trump said last night. And as I've talked about a million times, it feels like at this point, Q isn't even a belief. It's just information among other information. There's nothing in the Q posts that said Donald Trump was going to come out and declare Q real when he announced that he was going to run for president again. So let's get past that stuff. And as we do get past that stuff, let's think about a couple things. First of all, why are the people telling you that Q and devolution or anything else just aren't true based on that Trump speech? Do they know anything about Q or devolution? How would they know if something they don't understand has been disproven? That doesn't even make sense. So why are they doing it? Well, because they want to continue to blame the problems they have and they see on someone else. And they are implicitly accepting the notion that Donald Trump is what ruined the midterms last week to the extent that the midterms were ruined so they can win political points, increase their own power and ignore election fraud. The focus on the failure of last week, to whatever extent it was a failure, was a result of election fraud. And the entire country watched it happen before their eyes. People can deny it all they want. They can try to blame other things. They can do whatever they want. The problem was right there for everyone to see, and they saw it. It doesn't matter if they deny it. They saw it. But let's also think about and focus on why we are giving ourselves these sorts of expectations when we know that they are unlikely to be fulfilled. We need to stay level-headed about this stuff. Everybody would love the easiest possible path so that things will be comfortable again, so that we don't continue feeling like we're falling off a cliff when we wake up in the morning every day. But we cannot expect some deus ex machina solution to everything. Yes, there are people with more power and control who know better what's going on than we do. And we have to hope that they are doing everything in their power to fix these situations. And we would like to see more results from all of that. I understand. Nonetheless, it remains our responsibility to look out for ourselves, not only our lives in a practical sense, but also our mental and emotional well-being. Everybody wants it all to end, but it's not ending and it will not end until the country wakes up. And it sucks for those of us who still have to watch all this stuff happen, even though we know what's going on and how bad it is. But until enough people have realized what's going on, it's going to continue. When our expectations are not met, we should look inward. Why do we have those expectations? Is there some way that I can avoid feeling like this again? Is there something more I could be doing to enable that solution to finally come into being in the real world? And the truth is, the answer to that question is almost always yes. Now, if you feel pushed to your limits and you can't do more to help in your community or anything else, 
then what you need to do is take a break from the political stuff and focus on your own life and making sure that your own affairs are in order. And again, that includes looking out for your mental and emotional well-being. Don't spend the day on social media trying to figure out what the brand new solution to everything is. You may feel like we're all stuck in purgatory for these last two years, and I'm totally there with you. I get the feeling. But you can't just sit around waiting for someone else to fix it. You have to go fix it yourself. If everything was restored perfectly, then what, right? If Donald Trump displayed videotape of criminals being ushered in and out of Gitmo yesterday and said, yes, the storm is upon us. The Q thing's real. Yes, the military has been backing this entire thing the whole time. Yes, I've been president the whole time. You might think that's going to make your life much, much easier, but it's not going to change what's going on with you internally. It's like how people who are down on their luck and they're depressed think that a bunch of money is going to fix everything. So they'll commit a crime or they'll do something they know is going to degrade them personally so they can get that money. Or maybe you're just doing something as simple as buying Powerball tickets every week. You don't have enough money to pay for food all the time, but you do buy five Powerball tickets every week and spend the 10 bucks there because, oh, one of these days, everything might just be fixed. That's not how it works. And when you're taught that lesson again, the solution is not to go out and begin blaming people online. Go out and begin blaming Donald Trump. Donald Trump is battling all of the most powerful people and institutions in this world, many of them that have existed for a very long time, long before Donald Trump ever came down the escalator, many of them long before Trump was ever alive. And we have, if we do the right things, an opportunity to actually defeat that. And Donald Trump is the man leading that charge. And you're going to be mad at him because he didn't say the things you wanted him to say in a speech. He didn't have the right energy and the right tone as far as you're concerned. Why are we acting like children? Why are we whining like little babies online? And I don't mean to be too hard on anybody. I know people are frustrated and I know people are having a bad time and they're struggling and they might not see the light at the end of the tunnel. But that doesn't mean that you should immediately go out and begin blaming and attacking and insulting the people who are actually trying to help. And so, again, I don't want to be too hard on this, but it's important to notice what it is people are doing when they rush to social media to complain. They are complaining, by and large, to complete strangers, and they're doing it in hopes of finding someone who will get down there with them. And then they'll complain too. They'll figure out someone to blame and then they'll collect more people and everyone will attack that target of blame. And oh, they'll feel so much better, but their lives will have not improved at all. And the whole process is just so childish and irrational and crazy. If we're going to think of social media as the public town square, the digital town square. Let's imagine it as a real life town square. What are you doing in that behavior? You're 
leaving your home, walking down to the town square. You are dropping to your knees in agony and screaming, crying out to the clouds and anyone who can hear you. The man didn't say what I wanted him to say. And someone comes and joins you. Oh, the man didn't say what I wanted him to say either. And after a little while, you've got eight or 10 people all crying out to the clouds, tearing at their clothes, tearing at their skin. The man didn't say what I wanted him to say. Why would the man do this? I hate the man. And eventually they realize that that isn't working. So what do they do next? They say, oh, well, hey, everybody. Ted's not here yelling at the sky about how the man didn't say what we wanted the man to say. Ted is always supporting that man who didn't say the thing we like. You know what we should go do? Let's go burn down Ted's house. What in the world are people doing? You're turning social media into Lord of the Flies. People are acting like a bunch of deranged children and they feel that their emotional suffering, their self-victimization justifies what they're doing and saying, but nothing justifies it. They're out there whining and complaining and crying in public to strangers so they can convince more people to join them in their despair. There are adult ways to express frustration and disappointment if that's actually what you're doing, but that's not what these people are doing. It's like this stereotypical sports fan who gets drunk watching his team lose and then goes and takes it out on his wife. It doesn't make any sense. People need to realize that there's not someone out there coming to save them right away. And no one's going to save you if you can't save yourself. It's your responsibility to remain emotionally and mentally stable and continue doing what you need to do in your life to hold the line and keep going. If it's too much for you right now to be involved in politics, then take a break. But if you truly understand what the stakes are, who the enemy is, and who's actually trying to help you, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever to think that the best use of your time and energy is going after the people who want to help you. Donald Trump is leading the movement. There are allies with Donald Trump working to correct a lot of these things, and some of them are not doing it directly although they are improving the world in their own different ways. Some of the people like myself and like John and the rest of the Badlands crew, a bunch of Anons and people in the Q movement are trying to help you understand the world. And if it doesn't help you understand the world, look elsewhere for your understanding. There are also people out there begging you to get involved with them in your communities who are there to show you how to get involved effectively in your communities. That's what Tori's whole show is basically about. And if you don't like Tori, then find someone 
in your community, someone who's doing election integrity work. Join the moms who are helping turn over school boards and prevent children from being taught all manner of perversion and race hate. Or even just keep positively sharing good and true information online that can wake people up. There are so many productive things we can be doing that we never need to turn to despair and then broadcast it in public to strangers. Despair is a feeling that people need to handle on their own and with their loved ones. And that help comes in their ability to reframe what they're dealing with and gain perspective and understanding. And it's okay to need sympathy sometimes, but that's not what's being sought while people are crying in public on the internet. There is plenty that's happening. There are plenty of sources of hope. It should be seen as a monumental victory that yesterday we destroyed a narrative that in other times would have been capable of launching a full-scale kinetic World War III. You have to look at the big picture. This is from Disclose this morning, although it's been reported widely. Berlin state election of 2021, which was plagued by mishaps, was not valid and must be redone, the state constitutional court has ruled. We see all of Brazil taking to the streets to dispute their stolen elections. In Arizona, there is a chance that Carrie Lake's race, when the final tallies come in, in whatever we're given, might be within a half point of Katie Hobbs. Now, I would be awfully surprised by that if that's what we got in the initial round, but it's possible that they're going to be able to challenge enough votes to trigger an automatic recount. And what then? There are court cases around the country. There is a lot going on. We don't have to incorporate the mainstream narrative into our thinking. We can just look at and witness real events and think about them for ourselves. Did anyone expect that the mainstream media and conservative incorporated and the GOP establishment were going to come out cheering for Donald Trump last night? Of course not. And again, I know that it hurts when you see other people expressing their disappointment thinking, oh, I'm not the only one who feels really weird about this. But it doesn't mean that you have to decide they're right. Even when you think and have thought that those people are on your side, some of them are ignorant, some of them are lying, and it's totally possible that some of them are despairing and crying out in the public square, just as less influential people are. But as I said yesterday, the world wasn't just going to change in 24 hours. The chances of that were extremely slim. We know what's in front of us, and we know some of what's in front of us is scary. Maybe it's even terrifying because we don't want to keep suffering. But I'm sorry to inform you that one way or another, suffering is always in our future. It's how we perceive it and how we react to it that matters. There are ways to make our situations better, both individually and collectively. And if you're feeling frustrated, if you're feeling despair, try to start figuring out what those ways are so that you can move yourself into a better, more prepared position. 
to deal with everything that's going on. Sooner or later, you're going to have to teach yourself those skills. We all have had to do that, and we're not all the way there, myself included. But when you're feeling that way, the best thing to do is get back down to your most basic principles, your most basic needs, focus on those, and focus on how to make those things better and more productive for you. Because it's not only the best solution, it's also our responsibility, our duty as moral beings with agency. You think this whole movement is for nothing? You think it's all spent? It's all over? It's dead? Because people in the GOP establishment and conservative incorporated media tell you that? We're in a much better position than we were in 2020, and we're in an infinitely better position than we were in the middle of 2015 when Donald Trump came down that escalator. And while it might not feel like it, imagine the world we would be in right now if Hillary Clinton won. Imagine that. And imagine the world that we might enter if we don't fight for this country right now. Who are you going to make excuses to? Who is going to listen to you? Are you going to convince yourself that your current disappointment is what's going to bring you satisfaction when it all goes to shit? Donald Trump has just disrupted the system again. If you want to know who won last night, look at who is enraged. Look at who's going crazy. It's not Donald Trump and it's not us. It's the establishment and all their mouthpieces. Donald Trump's not going anywhere. He just told the country last night he is still in this fight. And if you care about fixing the country, you need to be in the fight too. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month. Comes out to under a quarter per episode and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree, linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. And I'll see you soon out on the range. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm Your Moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm Your Moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!